I don't think that you can ever have enough podcasts. So that's why I got together with my old radio wife to make another one. Hey, Lauren, how would you describe reluctant adults? Well, I'd probably say it's a podcast by two mates who have children chatting about how they are begrudgingly bringing up their kids. Wow, that's good. Anything else? I'd add that they both have three kids each, so are constantly presented with absolutely ridiculous situations and scenarios, which ultimately lead to funny real-life stories that makes a listener think that their own life isn't actually that bad after all. Yes! Hey, we could add that each episode is themed. Well, you you could, but uh, no, there's no point saying that. Yeah, a rubbish idea. Reluctant Adults, a podcast about being a parent by me, Tim Ward, and her, Lauren Crace. Get it from wherever you get your podcasts now. Enjoy! Welcome to Mixtapes with Mike, the podcast where I invite a guest to make us a mixtape of 10 tracks without using the same artist twice. We're going to talk about each song, and if you like the sound of what you hear, you can listen to the mixtape in full on Apple Music or Spotify by clicking the link in the show notes. So if you're the kind of person who'd like a new mixtape every Monday, you should subscribe to the podcast and leave a positive review to help me reach more people. Now first off, I'd like to say thanks to everyone who got in touch to say they enjoyed the live episode we recorded last week. It was a lot of fun to do. And I think it adds a different dimension to the podcast and will hopefully serve as a way to grow the audience. So if you want to listen to the live recording of an episode this week, just download the Stereo app and search for Mixtapes in Stereo and just give me a follow on there. We'll be recording at 11pm UK time this Wednesday, which is 3pm Pacific Standard Time and 6pm Eastern Standard Time. And we'd love to have more people along so they can join in by sending in their voice messages as the conversation unfolds. So this week's guest is a rather trained actress who's appeared in several television shows here in the UK. What's more, her death scene in the popular soap EastEnders was so impactful it caused a power surge on the national grid. This week's guest is actress radio presenter and now podcaster Lauren Crace. How are you doing? Good, Pab. Yeah. That's a proper brummy reply. Was it? I'm sorry. Good, Pab. <laughs> I'm very well. Now I'm good, yeah. Wicked. I'm good. Sunshine in today. It feels like in mold. Oh, honestly, it makes such a difference, doesn't it, with everything that's oh going God. on? I'm actually looking forward to walking the dog. Normally it's like a, a chore when it's pissing it down with rain, but today I'm like, yeah, let's get out. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm exactly the same. Like this morning was like frosty, but sunny. So it's quite a pleasant walk, dropping the little one off at nursery and then off, you know, round the block with the, with the, with the, with the dog. But like my, my lab's getting a bit old, so I can't take him for like long walks. He starts getting kind of like he, he, he's not, tired but like you can tell his his legs are getting a little sore get him some cod liver oil tablets yeah yeah we, we've been putting a little bit of that in his food to help but i think he needs like proper like this is very interesting chat isn't it dog isn't it it's... dog supplements <laughs> now we we've not met in person yet we, we most likely will when the world opens up because we've got mm-hmm. uh got a couple of friends in common actually so like uh, we we both know tim warwood yeah so he, you uh you were on morning radio with him for a while yes and um, we did a breakfast show in birmingham um so we only did it for just over a year together because he buggered off around the world to do a kind of animal impossible show um so i carried on doing the radio after he left but now yeah we, we're good mates we we um we love each other, but we also fall out in equal measure. It's it, a very brother-sister relationship. I was going to say it's it's almost like a sibling-style relationship. It, it really but, is. But it's 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 good in a way that you feel comfortable enough to have those ups and downs and and resolve stuff and carry on. Like, oh god! And the thing is, when we first started doing the radio. I think the main thing when we were to the producers and they were putting together was 
we've really got to like who we're being put with because you're stuck in a little square black box from five o'clock in the morning. It's so intense. And if you don't like that person, that job is it's, it's hell. Um, so we love each other. And actually, I mean, oh, I would say we fall out. We, 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 you know, we can be very open with each other and bicker, but you know, it, it never lasts more than a couple of minutes. And we're out together and we love each other. Well, so it's, um, that's, that's, it's, a, that's a healthy it's a good find. It's a healthy friendship that that you can be. Yeah, I think so. Because any any friendship where you're kind of holding stuff back, it's it's only half a friendship, isn't it? Because if you're not confident yeah. that the other person can take or deal with however you're feeling, then it's 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 not quite the full ticket, is it? No, you don't want to be on your you know walking on your tiptoes around someone hoping not to offend them all the time because that's just a bit boring <laughs> all right so um we've we've brought this episode forward like we were going to do this later but i had a cancellation and needed to get someone in um so thank you for uh coming on at short notice but um how did you approach making your mixtape it's the stressful isn't it I, I was lying in bed the night you text and said, can you do this? And all I could think about was what songs I could pick. And then I kept having to get out of bed and write it on my phone so I didn't forget in the morning. Because I was like, oh, that's a good one, but I don't want to forget it. So I better write it down because I'll be really pissed off if I wake up tomorrow and I can't remember. Um, I suppose my main objective was I kind of wrote a list of songs. Like, well, I love that song, but have I got have I got anything to say about it? So, you know, there's there's hundreds that will that we love or on the radio or but 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 what is there to say? So I've kind of got a mix of ones that uh, bring back kind of memories from childhood. Mm-hmm. Um then kind of ones that go through my teenage years and into adulthood where I kind of start clubbing and going to festivals and stuff. And then um, a couple more modern ones. So that was my, I tried to have a little journey with it. Well, it's, it's a good approach plan. to take. And it's, and it's, it's usually the way a lot of people sort of approach it um, because music is is so firmly connected to points in time in your life and it's it, it just it, it it just creates good talking points so you've you've, t- you've you've done the right thing there especially as we we did this in a quite a quick turnaround so who's your first track by first track is by pulp um so i was born in 86 so and i had an older brother who's five years older than me so I was kind of reaching the age of kind of starting to listen to music and, and recognise songs that weren't just nursery rhymes. He was kind of into teenagehood. So I was very much influenced by music that he was listening to and was being played in, in our house from his room. And of course, in the mid 90s, it was very much the indie scene, Britpop. So there was a lot of ocean color scene and pulp one of them and pulp really stood out to me because my dad really liked pulp and i remember vividly being in the car with my dad and him playing this song and so i guess we must have had it on cassette tape um and i remember him being really passionate about this song and my dad's a writer he's a novelist and I suppose I've been brought up on stories. You know, he's a very good storyteller and I was brought up around books and around him coming up with having a good imagination and coming up stories. And so, and I've really realized that when picking my 10 songs today is that the songs that have stuck with me are the songs with a strong narrative um, and that is chosen this pulp song because you've really got to 
the lyrics and it's the lyrics although the the, the kind of the musical side of it is fun it's the lyrics that make it really enjoyable yeah and and it's it's the first song that i remember getting to the charts yes. that spoke about sort of the lower class and the and the sort of the divide that is is there and the the kind of misperceptions and um, you know between the two and I could, I could just I mean I, I was I'm a I'm a couple of years older than you so I was kind of mid-teens when that came out and I went through sort of peaks and troughs of enjoying it because the video was great, so there was a bit of a novelty sort of element there. But it stayed at number one for such a long time, you almost grew tired of it. But then when I saw it perform live at somewhere like Glastonbury, yeah. you were like, oh my God, because, you know, it's quite a big band, Pulp. Like, it's quite a few members and there's, there's yeah. strings there. And to see them all coming together in this big cacophony of, of noise in front of such a massive audience, it, it gave me another appreciation for them. Well, it's a spectacle, isn't it? It turns into into a show. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so this is? This is Common People by Paul. Especially one who thinks it's all such a laugh. Yeah, and the chips taste of grease will come out in the bath. We will never understand how it feels to live your All right, so moving on from Pulp, who are we listening to next? Um, I'm going from one thing to the other here. Um, this particular song is from the film La La Land. Have you seen it? I started watching it, but my missus couldn't get into it, so we had to put it down. <laughs> like, I, like, I quite like a musical. Like, it's, it's not something I would think to put on. Yeah. When I find myself watching one let's bet like old ones as well like they just yeah, kind of yeah. they kind of pull you in and all of a yeah. sudden you've watched the whole thing and thoroughly enjoyed it um so i do need to revisit this because well, everyone... i don't know if you do okay <laughs> so, so i picked this up um but i have to say i wasn't a huge fan of the film I, th I kind of think this song and the and the kind of visual of this song in the film is the best bit of the film. Okay. Um, so it's it's the opening song of the film, and I think the story behind it's really interesting. And if you haven't seen it, get get it on YouTube today because it, it's it's incredible. So it's six minutes this opening shot of the film, and it's on a highway, eh? and. Um, it's they, they close down the highway so they don't do it on green screen so they close this entire highway in LA and there's 150 dancers all in there and dancing live throughout this song and it's so it's a six minute scene and they do the entire scene three shots but it's filmed to make it look one continuous shot and I suppose as an actor and being on set, you, I, for me, I really appreciate the skill of that. And to me, that's really exciting watching it and working out where those breaks in the, in the shot are. So the first break doesn't come into three minutes. So the first three minutes of this song is one continuous shot. And when you see it, it that it's, it's incredible how they've done it. Um, so that's the first, I like this song but also you know we've all got a, a tune that we'll put on in our headphones and when you're war like you know a day like today this song is perfect put it on in your headphones and you're walking along and you know you feel like you're in a film and it, you, I, for me this song is such a good tune to, to start the day with it's bright it's positive it's uplifting it puts you in a good mood um, the rest of the film, I don't really care about. I don't think the soundtrack is amazing, but this this particular song does it for me. So it's the scale and the logistics and the spectacle that you appreciate. I think, yeah. 
song itself I like because of the feeling it gives me, but but I could watch, you know, that opening scene on YouTube again and again. And whether you're into musicals or not, or you're just into film, or it's it's a really incredible opening scene of a film. You should you should watch it on your lunch break. <laughs> okay. All right. So this track is. This track is another day of sun, and it's from La La Land. All right, so moving on from the La La Land soundtrack, who are we listening to now? So next, we're listening to Blink-182. This song, it's... I picked this song because it very much is of the era of me starting to kind of go out clubbing, probably a bit underage, but going to those nightclubs around Birmingham like snobs and ramshackle which was at the Birmingham Academy and you know it was it was the age of incubus and all those bands where it was all a bit angsty and I wasn't a particularly angsty teen but I suppose it was it it's a song that very much just marks a time in my life um and I, I could have picked any of those kind of varying songs from those types of bands, really. But I suppose it's just it's one of those songs when I hear it, I am immediately drawn back to the sticky floors of Ramshackle <laughs> on a Friday night. And, and and you know, the lads, the skater lads and hanging out with all them and, you know, hanging out the steps in, in Birmingham, which is where all the skaters were. Um, so it's just a real moment in time for me yeah i used to love ramshackle at the carlin academy it was such a good night wasn't it oh so good once you got in well yeah yeah. (laughs) but you you are right sticky floors balconies queuing ages for drinks but just yeah really good music oh man i haven't been to i haven't been to a night like that in ages no i haven't and I don't even know if, I don't know. I mean, I just feel so old and out of the loop now, but didn't, do you still get nightclubs like that that are so varying in music? I think I think there are nights. What's the, the venue in Digbeth? The O2 venue in Digbeth? The Institute. Birmingham Institute. Like, I've, 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 I've been to nights at, at the Institute where I've been to see a specific band, but realised there's other things going on on the other floors. Yeah. So that's the kind of place where I could envisage having a night like that. And it's, yes, you're and it's right, a little bit actually. more compact compared to the Academy. So it probably doesn't take as many people to feel full, you know? And you probably get lost less. The amount of times at you know, the Academy, you'd go to the bar and then you'd come back and you'd be like, oh, and then you might spend the next 10 minutes walking around in circles going, where are my mates? Yeah, I've, I've, I've been to see bands and said, right, I'm just going to get a drink. I'll see you. I'll, I'll come right back here in a second. And like, literally didn't find them again till the end of the night. Yeah, but it's okay because you would have found other people. Yeah. That yeah. was the joy of it. Okay, so what Blink-182 is transporting you back in time? What is it? Blink-182 or 182? Should have found this out, shouldn't I, before I came <laughs> on? Um, well, <laughs> I'm going to go with Blink-182 um, I miss you, give you all that teenage angst all over again. So that's Blink-182, uh, who's, who's up next? Um, okay, next is a band called Gentleman's Dub Club. I'd never heard of them before you sent me this Have list. Not. They are just, it gives me the tingles. They're amazing. So they're a, a band from Leeds. Um, 
I don't actually know if they're from Leeds or they met at Leeds Uni, but I know that's where they're based. Um, so I first saw them at um, a warehouse project in Manchester. And then in 2009, a big group of us went to Outlook Festival in Croatia. Um, which for people that don't know, Outlook is like a kind of big reggae, dubstep, drum and bass festival. And um, Gentlemen's Dub Club were playing. And they are a live instrumental reggae dubstep band. And, and they're all dressed in suits with ties. And, you know, they all look really smart and really cool. And, you know, they're playing trumpets and, you know, they've got all the instruments. So they're super talented guys, but you're, but they're smashing out dubstep and reggae music. And it is such a wicked, wicked night. Um, and this, this is from their first EP, I think. Um, they have released albums since. I hadn't released an album when I first met them. Um, or first saw them, I've never met them. Um, but it, this, it's just such a like joyful, takes me back to Croatia. Just again, kind of how old was I, about 20. Just living the good life. Yeah, they, they, when I heard it, it reminded me a little bit of a band that I used to gig with a little bit called Tempting Rosie. They used, okay. to, they used to do a lot of ska nights around Digbirth and Birmingham. Yeah. Uh, they've they've kind of they've kind of recreated themselves and they they now go under the name Kyoko, but they are full brass section, really? sort of reggae ska kind of pop tunes. And they're oh, I'll we'll have to Google. They're so they're so much fun to see live. Cause they, well, that's they, it. It's fun, isn't it? Because I, I think when you've got that many musicians, and especially when you've got a brass section, it, it injects so much energy into a live yeah, performance. You yeah. just can't help but get swept along with it. Absolutely. So, uh, um, so yeah, I'd like I, I I know exactly the kind of feeling that you're talking about. I saw a band at uh, the Barfly called Young Blood Brass Band. Yes, I've seen them. Yes. Oh my so god. So I very nearly put them on this list. Oh my but god! I thought, but I thought I won't have them and Gentlemen's Dub Club, so I went for Gentlemen's Dub Club. Um, yes, I've seen them. Aren't they incredible? Yeah. So, so I've got similar vibes from yeah. Gentlemen's Dub Club. So, what's the name of the track? Um, so this is Fire. So I think it's off their first EP um, by Gentlemen's Dub Club. got a change in direction and a bit of a change in tone now oh god yeah i've gone from one end of the spectrum to the other um so this i think might be one of the most beautiful songs the most perfect songs in my opinion ever written it's by Joni mitchell um i guess it's would you class it as is Joni mitchell's folk um, yeah, kind of a folky singer-songwriter, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of... It's probably... I mean, it's definitely her most famous song. And again, I think, like I said at the beginning, songs with a story, I've realised, really draw me in. And... But... I mean, I think it's a poem basically. And you run the risk of a poem being a song. Is it just gonna be hugely cheesy? Is it a bit wet? Um, is it a bit self-indulgent? Um, depending what your opinion on poetry is. Um, but it's so non-superficial, her writing, and it's so, um, genuine and 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 the imagery of it is so simple mm -hmm. um and musically the way it just 
really slowly kind of builds throughout the song. I can't listen to this song and do stuff. I have to be still, um, which probably sounds really wanky, but whatever, you know, if I'm even if you're just doing the washing up, I just want to be still and listen to it for those three minutes or whatever it is. There, there are some songs, and sometimes it can be the the mood and the tone and the lyrics that you just need to take in. And sometimes there are there are layers of of the music that you ne- you need to focus on to appreciate all of them. Yeah. Because and it, and they can be subtle. Like sometimes the, you know, the sound, the song can sound fairly simplistic, but when you concentrate, you can actually hear all these different sort of subtleties within it, yeah. and that's the stuff that makes you stop. Yeah. Okay. So this track is. So the track is by Joni Mitchell, and it's called Both Sides Now. I really don't know. Really don't know love at all. Okay, so moving on from Johnny Mitchell, who are we listening to now? So this song um, is by Otis Redding. Um, the reason I picked this song is because it reminds me, it just makes me think of my mum and dad. So when we used to go on holiday as kids and we'd, we'd always go on holiday down to Cornwall. So, you, you know, you're talking four, five, six hour drives, um, every single slog of a holiday. And I think... I think they basically had one cassette tape in their car with a selection of songs. And it was, um, you know, The Beatles, Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. And then there was this song by Otis Redding. And I just remember, you know, my mum and dad in the front and me and my brother in the back and we'd all be whistling along and singing along to this song. Um, And it's always stuck with me as one of my favorites. Um, and then I kind of did a bit of research yesterday and I didn't realise, I, can, I, mean, I love the song, I, I love the story behind stuff. Um, and I didn't realise this was released after he died. Yeah, it's, it, I just, he's, he, he's been put forward by previous guests and he was put in by Nick Helm. Um, mm. and we got stuck into that whole chat about like how like he was this good so early on like how much other amazing music could have been you know um, yeah. but, uh, but, but, but 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 Nick's a fairly dour person he was just like nah you probably just go through like a really wanky disco face <laughs> <laughs> But this was quite poppy for Otis. This was different to his vibes before. Mm-hmm. And I think what I like about it is, and it shows what a talent he was, is that he, what we hear, he died so shortly afterwards, was never meant to be the final version. He did two um, recordings of it while they were on tour and and you know and I was reading the whistling at the end again was never meant to be there his plan was to, was to ad lib but he forgot he forgot the words during the recording and just started whistling and then obviously he died and so the whistling was kept in yeah it's crazy when you think about it like that's actually a sketch of what it was like the the blueprint for something else you know yes like I've like I've written music before, and I don't, you know, I, I'm either not in the right place or I don't have the other things to hand, and I've literally hummed in parts so that I don't forget them, so that I can I can figure it out later. But yeah, we never yeah, got yeah. that that luxury. But, yeah. but but there is 
there's a charm to you and like you would never know that this was like a first draft unless somebody told you is my point well absolutely not and and in finding out stuff afterwards it just makes it more brilliant because you 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 see the skill you hear the skill in that person's you, sorry you see the skill in them even more because you realize that that was that was basically just edit one they you know it was the amount of times he probably would have re-recorded that and the more and more work and you know they they might have changed the lyrics or there would the ending the ending wouldn't have had the whistling in mm-hmm. which is such a beautiful simplistic way out of a song that wouldn't have been there and that's what makes it even more brilliant is it just it is what it is in its rawest form okay so this is um this is otis redding sitting on the dock of the bay So, following on from Otis Redding, we've got an artist that I've never heard of before. But when I listen to it, like I, I can't pinpoint who else I can hear in in the in the sound of it. But so 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 who is this? So I thought I should pick a song that I that I guess is very current, and a song that I've listened to on repeat this year as I've been stuck in my house. Um, so it's by a guy called Jordan McCamper. Um, so he's, uh, he was originally born in the Congo and then they moved and he grew up in Cough, in Coventry in the West Midlands. And he's, so I think he's literally only just released his first album. And he's so young, he's only about 20, but he's got the voice of a 60 year old. Um, and it's just so, um, he's so soulful, but, and it, it, you know, you kind of hear his gospel sounds, but then I think you get these kind of very folk-like melodies and you can you can hear the kind of cultural difference of, of, I guess, where he was born and his parents and what he gets from them, but also growing up in, I suppose, a very white British town like Coventry. And you can kind of hear that mix in the music and his, his, his voice is just pure soul. Um, so that's why I picked him because I thought, let's pick something new. I, I have um, a fondness for Coventry. Um, they, it's got a great Wagamamas. It's, I think it gets, it gets a bad rap, but like there are these pockets of really sort of cool, creative sort of sort of scenes and industries like the whole that whole Fargo section where they've kind of created like a bit of Camden in this corner of Coventry but it's just a little bit out of the city centre um but I I, I ran a stand-up gig in Coventry for a long time um and we were just in the process of finding a new venue before the the lockdown kind of happened so I've just got to wait for everything to calm down and, and reopen before we can revisit that. But um, I've got a lot of love for this city. So um, what's the name of this track? Um, the name of this track is Care For Your Mother by Jordan McCamper. Cause we will change the hurt that I've done So care for your mother when I'm gone Oh, son Stay out of trouble, be kind and always be humble and make her proud by loving me. Just to add to that, I will say upon listening to this, there's an element of him coming across wiser than his years. Absolutely, yeah. I didn't realise he was as young as he is until you mentioned it just now. Yeah. So, thinking about the content of the song now, it's a very mature perspective for a, for a song lyrically for someone so young. Yeah, 
and but I, and I think that's what he's he's got this old sound this old kind of soulful sound but you can tell he's also got you know he's physically literally got an old soul hasn't he you can you can hear kind of wisdom and I guess that's the journey that this guy's been on um it gives him that but yeah you you would never ever guess that he was only 20 years old now there's another slight shift here <laughs> so who so who's what's the well i was gonna say who's this by but it's really where is this song from yeah i just don't want anyone to sit comfortably so i've basically shifted my music all over the joint um for this um so this is a song from another musical so i could have picked any a, a, any song from from this musical um this is hamilton so it's uh, an american musical that was originally on broadway um i think 2015 and then it came um to the west end a couple of years later um so it tells the story of the, the American founding brothers. Um, and it's written by this guy called Lynn manuel Lin-Manuel Miranda, who is, is just a genius. Um, so he, he wrote it, he composed the music, he wrote the lyrics. Um, he also wrote, he's done loads. He wrote a song in Moana as well. Right. Um, he's a super talented guy. Now, this musical, Hamilton, is is obviously, it's kind of based on, on the, the kind of true political history of America. But he, what did he say? I read somewhere, he said, it's a story about America, it's a story about Americans, but told by by Americans now. So the entire cast is non-white mm-hmm. actors and performers, um, and the entire musical is wrapped and sang throughout. So it was number one, I think, on the in the American rap chart for like ten weeks. Yeah. So this is a this is this is an album that I think has gone further than it being in a musical. Because I yeah. don't think you get to number one without. Yeah, I think that if, if spreading. You, if you were to read the concept on paper, you wouldn't think it would work. No, boring and, as hell. But the cultural relevance of telling what is essentially a true story from 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 the underdog's perspective. Yeah. Um, especially considering all the sort of cultural and political things that are sort of that have come to the fore over the last year, mm-hmm. it's it's very on point, and it, it and and a lot of the truths back then still ring true now. So, and and, and, I've, and I've not even seen the whole thing, but what. And I'd heard people sort of uh, talk about it a lot. And then I learned more about it when I watched an episode of Song Exploder. Have you seen okay. that? No. So, so Song Exploder, it was a podcast, but they've made uh, two seasons of Netflix shows. And each one's like 20 minutes tops. And they basically take a song, deconstruct it, and talk to the person who originally wrote it and recorded it about the stages and the layers that went into like... Oh, I love that. And they they covered wait for it yeah and i like so like i I, and you and you 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 see the song performed in its entirety at the end of the episode so you go on this little journey and i and then as soon as i heard the whole song i was just i'm in i need to see this and i I haven't done it yet but like i was so blown away by the process that he went through it's it's a truly remarkable piece of work and there's more of it that I've yet to hear. So yeah, it's um it's it's a bit of a cultural phenomenon really. I think it really is. Um and I think I realise probably as an actor it feels a bit wanky me p- picking a song from a musical. Um 
you know it is it's not singing in the rain or not to not to dumb those musicals down but um it's so current and you don't have to be into musicals or the theater i think to 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 for this to speak to you i think because it's so culturally different and so unlike any musical you've ever seen before um i think i think it's 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 a story for everyone um, and i think now, now that they've put one of the live recordings from Broadway on to Disney Plus, which is where I saw it. Obviously, unfortunately, never saw it in real life. Um, it, it is there for everyone now, now to see and experience. And, and, and I think it's a masterpiece. So I could have picked any song, but I picked this song um, because I thought it just gave a really good insight to people who haven't seen it of, of the kind of vibe of the sound of the musical. So this is? This is a winter's ball from Hamilton. Go on and on, grow into more of a phenomenon. Watch this obnoxious, arrogant, loud mouth father be seated at the right hand of the father. Okay, so another stylistic shift here. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I love it. <laughs> I love it because it, like it's it's some people agonize over this to the point where it's almost detrimental to to the process because they 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 want to curate the, the whole mixtape within an inch of its life. But you you've quite obviously gone points in time, points in time. So I love the, how it kind of darts about like it's it's enjoyable for that reason. So, who's next? Next is one of my favourite um, bands groups. It's The Streets. Um, I love Mike Skinner. Bit of a crush. That might be part of the reason. Um, but again, so it's another group which... Um, not only is it kind of it's good music, it's it's his albums are, are kind of varying from real kind of um, more kind of dance floor drum and bass, and then you'll go into something more melodic and kind of um, um, ballad like, I, I guess you could say for for some of his songs. Um, and I like that in an album. I like the the, the variety of it. But I think the f he's such a brilliant lyricist and that's why I love it because of the stories. You know, his album, A Grand Don't Come For Free, where, it, you know, you have got that physical story, like a musical, where from song to song to song, you're following the journey of this character. Like, I just, I just love that. And I think he's brilliant and he's, 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 I guess he's so um, kitchen sink style in, in that kind of simplicity of some of his lyrics. Not that they're simple, though he's obviously hugely skilled, but in, in, the, in the way he talks in such an everyday man way. Um, and then he has that real comedy in it as well. I just think he's hugely skilled. There's no um, pretension there. He's Absolutely, yeah. He, he's... He's very to the point with his lyrics and the result is he he can tell you that story in a very short period of time. Like, there's a lot of the songs off uh, A Grand Don't Come For Free that they it, create, it paints pictures in your mind. Exactly. It's a story. Exactly. Uh, I just... Sorry. No, no. It's, he, um, he posted a very amusing little skit on Instagram yesterday. Yesterday, I saw it, I saw it. First in the room, thirsting from noon, herbalist fumes, words me balloon, curse off the zoom, bursting we boom, first in the room, 21st of June. Who's got the 
bag. I like very oh, funny. And obviously, we're both responsible parents, so we've got no idea what he means. But <laughs> um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I think he's a he's he's a good person who doesn't care what anyone thinks, but he's appreciated all the more because of that. And his sense of humour shines through in everything he does. Yeah, he's absolutely. Great. Okay. He's someone who's, who's lived life, though, hasn't he? And then he tells that in his stories, and there's no shame in it. Exactly. Um, and he tells it how it is. Um, this song I picked because I just think it's so beautiful. Um, so it's, it's about the death of his father and him writing a song about that. So even in a song that is you know, really poignant. He still has these kind of typically Skinner-esque, wry, dry moments. Where he kind of says that joke, oh, I've, I've, got a, I've got a good one for your dad. Uh, I've got a joke for your dad. What, what is it? Um, I'm going to see a rabbi, a priest, a, you know, a Protestant. You always said I should hedge my bet to you. I can't remember really badly kind of. But you know, he 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 adds these little obscure kind of jokes in um, that I think really speaks people. Um, I just love him. Yeah, I think because he's so so much of an everyman. That's one of the reasons he resonates with people so well. And I think the subject matter of that song, like that, like, I've still got my dad, but like I feel that fear in my yes. bones because it's something that we're all going to have to deal with at some point if we haven't already absolutely and it's absolutely. it's a keep you up at night scenario when you get it stuck in your head yeah one of the most realistic nightmares i ever had was being at my father's funeral mm. to, you know and people were coming up to me and were like giving me condolences and stuff and we're still at the graveside and it was so vivid i woke up and i thought it was true and then my dad burst into a room going, are you still in fucking bed? So I was, and I was so happy to see him. I didn't like, even Yay! care. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, fans were swearing at me, dad. Oh, God. All right, yeah. so this track is? Uh, this track is Never Went to Church by the Streets. Okay, so moving on from the streets, we find ourselves at your final track. But before we get stuck into that, I wanted to talk a little bit about what you're up to now, because obviously you've, you've, you've been an actor uh, on TV and you've done the radio stuff. And I would imagine you'll get stuck into the acting as soon as the, the world opens up again. Let's hope so. First chance you get. But you've got a little side project on the go at the minute, haven't you? Yes. So um, me and Tim Woolworth, who we were talking about earlier, um, about 18 months ago, decided, hey, we should do a podcast. <laughs> um, no one's doing them, <laughs> really. This new call and venture. Um and we went and recorded one. Long story, Tim lost the first um, the, the first episode, literally down the back of the sofa. Um, the, what do you call them? The little SD card. Yes, that's it. The little SD card shot right out of the back of the computer and we lost it in the recording studio. And then lockdown hit and we kind of gave up on it because obviously we were staying home and homeschooling and all of that. And then um, we eventually gave ourselves a kick of the bum and started recording again um, a couple of months ago. So it's called Reluctant Adults. Um, and it's basically a podcast about us reluctantly having to grow up and realise we are no longer 16 and young and cool and living this free life anymore. And that our lives are now completely um, 
what, surrounded and controlled by the fact that we have kids. Um, so we've both got three each. Um, and I think basically when we did our radio show together, we realised that the majority of our everyday stories were, uh, were about our kids. And nobody wants, I remember my dad saying this to me, nobody cares about your kids as much as you do so don't people don't want to hear you telling everyone about how wonderful your child is they've just got you know a stars in this or they just got this exam or because actually no one really gives a shit but the stories about your kids that do speak to people that people can all relate to is i guess the stories when things go a bit wrong with kids yep and i think as you spend your teenage years and your early adulthood fighting for this control over your own life don't you like you want to move out of home you want to not be bossed around you don't want to be controlled by people and you have those few years of freedom where you rule your own life and you make your own choices and then you have kids and suddenly you are totally controlled all over again, but by really small people. Um, uh, it's, it, yeah, I mean, like, obviously, I've, I, I make a podcast with Tim. So, like, I edit slash produce on Tim and Gen's weekend podcast. I'm the, yeah. I'm the guy who nagged them to do it in the first place. We were on a night out, and I was like, I don't understand why you're not doing it. It's, it's you know, it's it's... There's so much potential in that in that market for for people that have got good chemistry. So I kind of look, I'll edit it. I'll, I'll edit it for free. I'll help you get it off the off the ground, kind of thing. And Tim was like, "Really? I was like, Come on, let's just do it." And it's really kind of come into its own now. Yeah, I think it's fun. I really like it. And I think the same is true of your podcast because you've already got the chemistry. You've got such a cohesive concept straight off the bat that it's already so listenable and relatable and and it's and it's warts and all as well because you're not just going parenting's great because it's not sometimes and i think this is it like i'm sure if people don't get the if people don't get the humor of it they'll probably phone social services so you've got i guess when you listen you've got to realize that obviously we bloody adore our kids but let's just take that without having to like say it all the time like obviously we love them but also if you don't laugh at the shit bits you're just gonna cry so let's let's laugh about them and share them and you know mutually join in on in the in the ridiculous stuff that happens to you when you have kids like the other night it took me 45 minutes to read a six minute book to my twins because they kept having to go to shit, shit. <laughs> like literally, like you'd read a page and one of them would go, mum, I need the, you know, I was in and out of the bathroom and I was like, how the heck, like Jesus Christ. And it's those small things where you, you know, if you were to look at yourself, you go, how is this happening to me? This wasn't how I saw my life at 18. I'm sure I used to be cool and fun one day and, had all these hopes and dreams and now I'm just wiping bums and you know reading Mog and Meg for hours on end yeah. so I guess it's just us saying that out loud yeah and it's it. and it's very amusing and enjoyable and heartfelt as a result now I'm, I'm guessing there's maybe a connection between parenthood and this song but I'm, I might be wrong so what's this next one <laughs> Um, this next one is from the film Toy Story. Um, so I guess this has got done a whole circle for me, you know, this song, this, these films. So to, Toy Story 1 uh, came out in 95, so I was 8 or 9. Um, and I remember to this day going to see it with my mum and my dad and my brother at the Odeon in the Arcadian Centre in Birmingham. And I remember having to leave the cinema because I was so scared at the um, 
what's the you know the weird next door neighbor who like pulls his his oh, um, the to- toys to part so the, to- the, to- the toys that are made out of different parts yes that was so terrifying to me i had to leave the cinema for 10 minutes until the scene had finished and going back in so i've, I've got really vivid memories of, of growing up with that film but then of course i've now got three kids of my own and that film has just become a constant yeah but not just that one two three and four as well mm-hmm. um and of course number four came out when my kids were alive so that was you know so we all went to the cinema to see that so it's a film that's just been part of my life and a, and a, a film series which which i just you know they're they're they're, they're masterpieces aren't they and there's not many series that i think each film i mean obviously everyone has their favorites but there's not a real shit one is there they're no, all brilliant they're all beautifully done there's there's a beautiful sentiment throughout each one and they're kind of i guess they're kind of life lessons for young people about dealing with change and and letting go of things as you get towards the end of the mm-hmm. series you know so they are actually very complex in that regard but you can they're just beautiful films to enjoy just on the face of it as well and they're like i love i love watching films kids films because they're so clever like you can't underestimate the skill that goes into films like that and i don't I don't just mean in how they're made, but in 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 the writing when you when you see the layers of mm-hmm. of, of of the language, the stuff the kids get, but then the stuff they get in that only the adults will get, and you go, that is such a skill. You yeah. know, often I'll watch it and I'll laugh at something, and they'll look at me and go, why they don't get why I'm laughing, and I'm like, well, because you're not meant to get it yet. Yeah, but you will in ten years. Yeah, you will later. No, like a, I think Inside Out's good for that as well. Yeah, that's a yeah. very complicated concept. Yes, beautifully executed. Have you seen Soul? Yeah, yeah, I have seen it, but I think I need to watch it again to really take in. Well, but, exactly, because it's complicated. It's yeah. a big film for for you know little people. But but what a beautiful way to sort of sow that seed of like find what makes you happy and do that yeah you know yeah like focus on focus on that rather than achieving this idea of you know achievement and perfection and materialism like focus on what actually makes you happy such a beautiful sort of pillar to build your life around and yeah it's sadly it's 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 not what kids pick up you know no well i think i think it's there but i think i think you lose it don't you i think you get caught up society changes yeah yeah i think i think as you as you grow older you kind of get caught up in the the rat race of expectation and obligation. You've got to go do this. You've got to go and achieve this. You know, you need to do that because what if this happens? And and I think everyone just feels the weight of that and can lose sight of that. I need to do something that makes me smile. You know? Yeah. The unconventional route. And we did eventually pick this song. Um... It was our first dance song at our wedding. Oh, beautiful. Um, because our kids were here. My son, Jack, was three and a half. My girls were 18 months. And um, I guess it really just made it full circle. And we thought we didn't want three minutes cheesily rocking on a dance floor. We want it to be fun and, and actually you know, have a song that is part of our family. So um, so we went with that. That's beautiful. Lauren, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I've really enjoyed this chat. Um, and I'll, I'll make sure to, to link 
to the podcast and give it a punt out when the episode is released because uh, I think it's Cheers, I think it's uh, well worth everyone checking out. It's very very amusing, laugh out loud, funny, but also very honest, and it's it's all the better for it. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks for reminding me of music that I love. It's been it's been really enjoyable. You just remember what your past said, or you got a friend in me. Yeah, you've got a friend in me. So that concludes this week's episode. It was great to finally sit down and talk to Lauren. I've been listening to the Reluctant Adults podcast ever since it started. And she's a very down-to-earth and genuine person. And that podcast is so relatable because of that. So if you are a parent and you are blissfully aware that the struggle is real, uh, I can wholeheartedly recommend listening to Reluctant Adults on whatever podcast platform you prefer. As always, we kept the music discussed played below the conversation because I believe all musicians should be paid for what they do. But if you do want to listen to Lauren's mixtape info, you can find it on Apple Music or Spotify by clicking the link in the show notes. But for now, I'll see you next week for another episode of Mixtapes with Mike. Our destiny. You got a friend in me.